Welcome back. I'm Paul Stevens, one of the elders and ministers here at White's Fair Road. Hi, and I'm Ken. I'm a retired missionary who's worked with the church for many years, and uh, I'm a volunteer on staff. And so Paul and I are going to be discuss- discussing this crazy parable today. Let's begin with a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, thank you for this time together, for time with Paul, and for our stories and our sharing and for our life applications to one of the uh, oddest parables that our Savior told. And so, Father, bless us as we discuss and bless those who are listening that they can be blessed by what Jesus is trying to teach us. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Uh, our parable is the, the, the parable of the uh, persistent widow or the unjust judge. And it starts in Luke 18, uh, 1 through 8. And I'm going to read that to you. Then Jesus told his disciples a parable to show them that they should always pray and not give up. He said, In a certain town there was a judge who neither feared God nor cared about men. And there was a widow in that town who kept coming up to him uh, with a plea. Grant me justice against my adversary. For some time he refused. But finally he said to himself, Even though I don't fear God and I or care for men, yet because of the widow keeps bothering me, I will see that she gets justice, and so that she won't eventually wear me out with her coming. And then the Lord said, Listen to what the unjust judge says. And will not God bring about justice for his chosen ones, who cry out to him day and night? Will he keep putting them off? I tell you, he will see that they get justice. And quickly, however, um, when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on the earth? Mm-hmm. Okay, Ken, I'm going to ask you a question here. All right. When they said we were going to do this show, uh-huh. I said, all right, I ran up and said, all right, Ken and I are going to do one. I want to, I want to be able to pick first. And I'm thinking of all the parables we could have picked. And you said, hey, let's do Luke 18. And I'm like, what? So, why did you pick Luke 18? Well, I, I was preaching through parables a few months ago when I got down to this one. And when you look at the uh, uh, at, at uh, what happens with this unjust judge, and Jesus is telling us that we need to learn how to pray like this. And, uh, and so I, I'd done a lot of research, and I looked around, and... and uh, a number of commentators had said that don't don't focus or or, or or misuse this thing as if God could be unjust. Right. He's saying pray as if God were unjust. And we have this crazy woman that is banging on his door saying, give me justice, give me justice, give me justice. And I just thought the picture, of, my mental picture of it was just huge. And I thought this would be fun to do. Okay. So uh, Well, I, I mean, I was thinking about it too, but... And I'm going to tell you something, that when you came to me with that, I went, well, okay. And I said, there's a whole lot of other parables that I had in mind, but okay. <clears throat> but I'm going to tell you that because of some of the things I'm going through, and I may talk about them later, but I think this was chosen just for me, by the way. Mm-hmm. I think God used you to say, hey, Paul, you need to read this and you need to study this. And it really has changed the way I see how to pray and how God answers prayer, by the way. Mm-hmm. Well, when, when I was uh, uh, thinking through this, um, we often have 
Christians that come up to us and say, I'm, I'm having trouble praying. Or I've got this problem and I just, I just, I pray about it, but, but nothing's getting done. And, uh, Jesus says, here's this widow and she's being cheated and she goes to this stinking judge that's looking for a bribe. Right. And something, he'll give her justice if she'll pay him something. <laughs> And she just keeps pounding on his door and on his door. And his response, there are, I've looked at a number of translations, and his response is, this woman is killing me. She is worrying me to death. <clears throat> She's bothering me. Yeah. Well, there's another translation that said he was afraid that she was going to attack him. She was going to attack him? Yeah. 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 And he gave in. Yeah. Well, for many people, their picture of prayer is going off into a garden and the flowers and the butterflies and whatever and and being alone with God or being in a chapel where it's quiet and solemn. This is not Jesus' picture of prayer here. He says, if you've got a problem, keep banging on the door. Bang on it and keep banging. And so uh, that's why I thought it would be fun. Yeah, well, it is. But sometimes we get confused about we think God's not hearing us mm-hmm. or we think God's left us or think that... He's not going to do what he says he's going to do. I know that uh, in my life I've thought about that myself. I'm Mm -hmm. thinking, okay, is he hearing me? Is he there? And uh, I think uh, that in some of the studies that I've done, it realized that because of God's delay in answering our prayer or giving us that relief that we're looking for, it's more important that we get to learn patience, persistence. We learn that we realize that we're even getting closer to God because of what we're going through at the time Mm -hmm. and that we're starting to lean more on God. And I've even taken to another step of saying that we're through the things that I've gone through when I'm praying to God and I'm not seeing those results. I'm seeing that I'm going to another level in my walk with God Mm -hmm. because of the things I'm struggling with. Mm -hmm. And, and so that's why I think in James, he says to, uh, you're going to suffer mm-hmm. and count it all joy for the suffering mm-hmm. uh, because you're going to win no matter what, <clears throat> but you got to go through these things and you count it all joy. And through my life, and I look back at my life, and I see that I can count it joy because I see where the little victories came in order to make me to into the man I am today or to help me to become more stronger in the Lord or all these things. And we think that God's not answering our prayers, but he is or he will. You know, Paul, there's a a similar parable. Mm -hmm. Luke is interesting in that we have two parables that are very similar. And both of them will have a a similar uh, uh, effect, uh, a a similar teaching. The other one is in Luke 11. And uh, in Luke 11, you've got a guy that's had visitors come by, and he doesn't have any food. And in that culture, to, to, to have visitors not been able to feed them after they've been on a long trip is a very embarrassing thing. So he goes down the street to his neighbor, and it's midnight, and he pounds on the door, bam, 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 and he says, the guy says, what do you want? He says, I've got visitors. I need three loaves of bread. The guy says, leave me alone. It's midnight. The kids are in bed. You know, the dog is asleep. You know, what, what are you banging <laughs> me? And he keeps banging on the door, bang, 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 bang. Yeah. And the guy finally gives him the loaves of bread. And so uh, I find the similarity in those two parables in that, in that Jesus is teaching us, you've you got a thing on your heart, don't give up. 
keep banging on the door, keep keep crying, keep crying, keep crying. And uh, uh, and in both instances, he said, he will do for you. Yeah, I, I, I agree with that. I agree with that. And that's where you got the knocking thing at when you were saying earlier about keep knocking. Just keep knocking. And keep knocking louder. Yeah. Yeah. And, I, and I've caught myself actually praying like uh, I had a buddy of mine that was, uh, he found out he had cancer. And that, uh, and I went outside. I mean, he was such a close friend of mine. And I went out and, and just begged God not to take him. Mm-hmm. And I went through that just praying, please, Lord, don't take him, you know. And, uh, well, he passed away. And I couldn't understand why, because I had prayed so fervently, and I mean, I just begged God not to mm-hmm. take him and all that, but yet he still died. Mm-hmm. And so I couldn't understand it, and I asked God, okay, Lord, would you please show me why? Show me why. And then about maybe two years even later mm-hmm. of me wondering why and talking to God about it, that it was like the Spirit told me, his dying had nothing to do with you. Mm-hmm. And boy, it hit me like a ton. Because my prayers were that he would answer my prayers of saving him. And then I was like, okay, why not? Mm-hmm. And then it, it was like, well, his dying had nothing to do with you, Paul. Mm-hmm. That was his life, not yours. That was his journey, not yours. Mm-hmm. So everybody's on a different journey. And you got to be able to see that when God answers a prayer or he don't answer it the way you think it should. It don't mean it's a wrong answer. It just means it's not what we wanted. Yeah. But you know, that is his journey. It was his turn to go home. Why would I want to keep him here? I shouldn't. So I, I'm I'm glad he went on to be with the Lord now that I see. It didn't have anything yeah. to do with me. I, I went through a similar thing with my wife. Uh, my wife was diagnosed with, uh, uh, with stage 3 colon rectal cancer in... Uh, in 2019 and we rushed and uh, I was working in Liberia at the time and I just shut everything down and uh, for the next three and a half years we fought that cancer and and I would pray and I would pray and I'd pray and then and then we'd go in and she would get a good diagnosis and we'd say great and we'd come back the next year and it was back now and and my prayers became what are you doing yeah and, I get that and and people may may wonder, is it all right to question God? Absolutely. He's You're he's asking a, your father a question. You're not questioning who God is. Yeah. 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 It's okay. And uh and she did better and then we go back a year later and and after all the treatments and, and it's back and it's even worse. And uh and my prayers became what are you doing? Yeah. You know? And 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 that's a growth thing. That was a growth thing both for her and, and for me. Uh, because I, I remember when Jesus is teaching the model prayer. He says, uh, thy will be done. And sometimes I, I have to accept thy will be done. That, that, that you've got, uh, he's got a better plan than what I've got. But, uh, but it's okay to bang on the door. and <laughs> It's okay to... Well, sometimes it takes a while to see it. Yeah, see what he had planned. Yeah, but but people need to know when uh, somebody's in a terrible car wreck or or they have a child that's in ICU and they and, and it's give and take. Is it all right to uh, 
to call out to God, to bang on the door and say, save him, save him, save him. Absolutely. 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 It, uh, well, you know, but you got to put your trust in what God knows what's best. Mm-hmm. And we don't. His ways are not our ways. His thoughts are not our thoughts. His, mm-hmm. You know, he's going to do what's best for us and best for the children and best for the one that suffered. Yeah. I believe that with mm-hmm. all my heart. I, I, I think of um, Psalm 22. Oh. You know, and, yeah. and, and first of all, in David, and we know David was a man after God's own heart, and there he is screaming, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Yeah, just like Jesus. And, and Jesus repeats that yeah. in, on the Absolutely. cross. <clears throat> well, God didn't forsake them, but it felt like that. Yeah. Was it all right to express those feelings? Absolutely. Absolutely. It was absolutely all right to call and say, help me, help me, help me, or listen to me, listen to me, listen to me. Uh, because what, what God wants from us, I believe, is relationship. Yeah, and trust. And trust. Okay, so I'm going to have to tell you that there's two scenarios that I've gone through and are going through. I am going through. One of them, and both of them are my sons. Mm. My youngest son, at 10 years old, got diabetes. And he still has it today. There's not a, hang on, there's not a day that goes by. I don't pray that God takes it away from him. Mm-hmm. But because of his diabetes, I had to completely trust God. And I ended up giving my family and myself completely 100% to God. Hmm. And by doing that, uh, I ended up working for the church hmm. because I started doing God's will. I started following what God's teaching me. And I, I can't tell you how it changed my son and how many people he's helped. And now he's a deacon in a church and he's doing well and he's helping so many people because his relationship with God became stronger because of this. My relationship with God became stronger because of this. And I can't tell you how many people that, well, I, I'm an elder and a minister now in a church because of his diabetes, and I believe that with all my heart. <coughs> and now, my other son, Zach, my oldest son, he had an accident uh, eight months ago, mm-hmm. and he's lost his leg. And I can't tell you the tears and the crying and the... Uh, heart that has gone out to pray and to petition God to heal his leg because he's still not healed. He's still going through the pain and the agony after two surgeries and all the things that are going on. And he's still not healed. Mm-hmm. And I'm still begging God for that. Mm-hmm. But I'm going through something in my life right now that has taken me to a whole other stage. A whole new level in my walk with God because of this. And I know my oldest son is too. He's going to a whole new level with God. And the <clears> trust <throat> and in the building and the relationship mm-hmm. and the things that we're going through is because we, either you're going to believe in God or you're not. Mm-hmm. Well, we're going to believe in God because we gave ourselves to him many years ago. And so we're going to stay the course. And I'm going to tell you something. He stumbled and he did something. He he was hurting or whatever. And he said, Dad, we don't give up, do we? It's who we are. We're going to keep trusting God and we're going to keep doing what he called us to do no matter what. And I said, that's exactly right, son. That's who we are. We are children of God Almighty and we're going to follow him no matter what. And Satan is after us. 
Absolutely. He wants to do whatever it will take to make us quit. He will. Or even become nominal. Well, yeah. Our, our churches are filled with people who are nominal, who just accept and say that's just the way it is, and and they've given up this kind of desperate praying. And uh, when 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 Paul is teaching, uh, uh, writing to Timothy about prayers, he mentions prayers, supplications, and and intercessions. Well, when you're interceding for somebody. Sometimes you got to get pretty desperate. Sometimes you've got to open up your heart and uh, and, and, and not use uh, fake language, but you need to speak from your heart because that's what God's listening to. And uh, we just persevere and we don't quit. There's nothing that makes Satan happier than for us to quit praying. And even blame God. Blame God. I yeah. talked to a young man last night that's still in a place where saying that God's not a sovereign God because of look what happened mm-hmm. and look what he's doing to me. Yeah. And I'm like, I've got that conversation to come up. Yeah. I'm like, God's not doing this to you, son. Let's put the blame where the blame belongs. It belongs yeah. on Satan. Yeah. Satan is the one that's doing evil, yeah. not God. God is the one that's giving us a way out. I read an article some months ago that was talking about uh, atheists in America. And they'd done a, a survey, and they found that the majority of atheists in America had grown up in churches. Hmm. And what had happened is that uh, there would be some crisis in their life, and they would pray. And they didn't get their prayer answered like they wanted, and, and, and that would shift them from trusting God, say, well, you know, God doesn't work, or maybe he's not even there. And, of course, then Satan is there with others to give you an alternative to God. It's all about you or science or whatever. And so I I think it's healthy for us occasionally, or if there's a need. When somebody comes to you and they're humble and they're they're hurting and they're saying, you know, God's not answering my prayer and would you pray with me? And say, sure. And, And shout it out. Be crazy. (laughs) <laughs> Lord, listen to this poor lady. We're begging you. Are you listening? Yeah. It's crazy. And it's okay, though. Yeah. Jesus loved using the hyperbole, going overboard. Right. But that's what makes his parable so much fun. Well, it is. And and guess what? It sure will make you closer to the Lord. Yeah. Because that, that becomes more intimate, actually. It's just not... Oh, oh, Lord, we're out there. You know, no, it's, it's like, hey, what's, you know, you're actually talking to God. Yeah. And actually, you know, explaining and t- sharing your heart with him. Yeah. Yeah. I'll tell I you, I, I, uh, I've done some, some struggling with what heaven is going to be like uh, over the last few years. And I remember when I was a kid, I had a, uh, a friend that uh, quit going to church. And I asked him, I said, why did you quit going to church? And he said, he said, all I hear about heaven is that heaven is going to be where we sit around in white robes and eat Lord's suppers and <laughs> sing hymns all the time. And he says, that bores me to death right now. <laughs> and I was like 12 years old when he told me that. I'm, I'm soon be 72, so this is 60 years I've thought about that. And you know what, Paul? In the resurrection, we're going to have bodies. God's got stuff for us to do in eternity. And earth is boot camp. And we are being prepared. I think the scariest passage in Scripture is when Jesus says in uh, 
in, in Matthew 7, in that day, many will say, Lord, Lord, in your name, we cast out demons and we did great miracles and we did all those things. And Jesus says, who are you? Yeah. Because he wants that relationship. He wants to be the first one we go to. And he wants us uh, to shout out to him or keep saying, hey, hey, listen to me. Well, you know, it's no different than us with our own children. Mm-hmm. I mean, I love it when my kids, even their grown men, they still would come up and say, well, Dad, what do you think about? And then we'd start a conversation and we'd talk about it. I mean, even, mm-hmm. and it doesn't matter to me what the conversation is. Mm-hmm. If they're coming and asking me or coming and need me or coming and wanting to talk to me, my heart just swells with, mm-hmm. with pride and with just, mm-hmm. I just love it. Yeah. And uh matter of fact, uh, Jake, my youngest son, came to me last night. He was talking about baseball. He said, Daddy, what, what are you about? And, man, I just loved it. We were sitting there just talking about baseball. I mean, as trivial as that is, still it meant so much to me mm-hmm. that my child, my grown son, would come to me and ask me advice. Just like I go to my father in heaven and ask him and talk to him and get advice from him. And that's what he wants. That's what he wants. That's what he wants. You, you go back to, to uh, in Genesis 2, uh, God is God, and Adam is naked. And they're walking in the garden, and they're talking about naming animals and, you know, and, and overseeing the fish and the bears and giving everything a name and whatever. There is this relationship between them. And so uh, God, God desperately wants that relationship. And the, and, the, and the whole of the Bible, the whole story of the Bible is about God trying to get us to where we can have a, a relationship with him. And so finally he sends Jesus down here to say, okay, I'm going to show you right. how to have a relationship with the Father. And so life is boot camp. And then he didn't leave us alone either. No. He left the Holy Spirit with us. Yes, right. He said, here. Not only I gotta go because I'm gonna leave yeah. the one that comes after me, yeah. which is the Holy Spirit that's gonna cover everybody. Yeah. yeah. But the problem is gonna come yeah. is when I quit because when I quit praying or I, or I begin questioning my prayers or uh, or I'm in not in depth with God, then he's not pleased. But when I'm in desperation when there's an emergency, it's okay. It's okay to say, help. Well, absolutely. Help. That's the only one I know to turn to. Absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. That's the only place yeah. I know to go yeah. is to him. Yeah. And so, yeah. A crazy story. and It's a crazy story, man. Yeah. But it's so real and so uh, prevalent to us today. It really is. Mm-hmm. And I think if I had to say... One thing to try to encourage people that are going through things and that persistence, trust God, all these things. But the number one thing I want you to remember is is that this is not our home. We're going to suffer. We're going to hurt. We're going to go through things. This is not where we live. This is our... We come here to get as many people to go to heaven with us as we can. This is our job here, is and to have a build our relationship with God and live our life as if we're in heaven right now, because we are in the Spirit as He's in the Spirit, and we walk with Him in that Spirit. And there is a day coming 
when we're going to go spend eternity with him. Amen. And so life is about learning about how to be prepared. You know, in the resurrection, we're going to get arms and legs. That's right. There's got to be a reason we're going to have arms and legs. God's got something great for us in the future. We're in boot camp. Let's keep learning. Let's keep let's keep trying. And let's trust what he says to us in these crazy parables. Amen. God bless us. God bless you.